Good morning. I've gone to church for the vast, vast majority of my life. The location has changed, the language of worship once varied, and I've gone from being led to leading the way out the door on Sundays. I go to church because of routine, perspective, and people. I want to be present, to look outward, and to build connections. To be present simply means showing up. In recent years, this frequently seems like a feat in itself. Therefore, my objectives beyond that are very few. Looking outward is a change in focus from the me and my family to the life of Jesus, my neighbors in this church, city, and world. Can I align my day, my week, by sitting within this altered context? Building connections stems from gratitude for the ways that I see people of East Chestnut Street and past church communities reaching out in relationship with one another and within community. How can I reach into this, and where will my connections be? Routine. I go to church because I grew up going to church. The routine was established before I can remember and continued through all of my years at home. We were not in attendance 52 weeks of the year, though diligent presence was a part of my identity and my family's identity in my recollection. I do not recall questioning this routine upon arriving in Pittsburgh for undergraduate studies. Emily King, a friend and fellow East Chestnut Street member, and I were roommates. We visited churches in our new home away from home. Church looked and felt different as I moved from Belfield Presbyterian and on to the open door. Justin and I attended together, first while dating and then as newlyweds. By that point, church was rather a part of his routine too, although he may have accommodated, accommodated my routine as well. Our Sunday routines continued when church eventually moved to Sunday evenings. Different churches, different ways to do church expanded my view of Christian communities walking with Jesus and all the while inviting me to continue to join in. Certainly the cultural pull of restful weekends and catching up on weekend projects does not align with attendance on Sunday mornings. I am not immune to this, but I inherently believe that there is a true benefit to being present, to join in worship, consider the words that we sing, hear and ponder the read scripture, and delve more deeply or relate scripture to a story through the sermon. Even on Sundays, when the tension of getting here runs high and my attention to the service is minimal, I trust in the process and have hope that there is a reason that I and my family are here. This brings to mind Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, which talks about running with perseverance, the race marked out for us. I hope not to let the entanglements of inconvenience and effort get in the way of the great race, for any great race is a shared experience. Why do I go to church? Perspective. For me, thinking about myself, my children, my husband, our schedule, needs and needs come easily, too easily. I confess that there is effort required to widen my gaze and extend my thoughts to include my neighbors, near and far. I go to church to step out of my box and remember that this wide world is so much bigger than my thoughts, the needs of my family, and my task list. This is a reminder that needs to come more often than Sundays. Church reminds me that God is big when I need a big God, and that God is present when presence is needed. I go to church to refocus, first on Jesus' teachings and his loving, respectful model of engaging with community, and second, to listen to what people in this community and around the world are experiencing. 
This is not a season that I am engaging much with scripture on my own. So drawing from this well is more valuable. This other-centered focus always brings my complaints, my family's challenges into better perspective. Perspective that can be challenging, but perspective that can be healing. Within this context, church is a ripe source of point and counterpoint, as Justin and I unpack the differences in our upbringing and what sometimes feel like massive differences in perspective. I trust that in future years, when life provides more opportunity for conversation, we will better learn and appreciate more about one another in this process. And in the day-to-day, I value the perspective of peers at East Chestnut Street as I wander through parenting, sometimes briefly triumphant and often feeling weak and adrift. Why do I go to church? People. I go to church because of the people. To be with the people who teach me, show me, and challenge me with new ways and ideas. People who take the time to share in varied capacities wholeheartedly. People who graciously welcome slightly loud and energetic queries from my children and teach them. At the open door, people created an urban garden and engaged and fed the community. In Mongolia, at a missionary church transitioning to local leadership, people were compassionate when I grieved my departure. And upon finding ourselves in Lancaster, Justin and I were welcomed amidst turmoil and a guarding of our story at a tender time. At East Chestnut Street, I recall robust respect for strong models of faithful, diligent, Jesus-centered lives that I encountered as a youth in this church. I want my children to know inherently that they are a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think the connections with people that begin on Sunday can strengthen the foundation being set in their lives. May they each have a firm foundation from which to launch. So I trust that routine, perspective, and people will continue to frame my attempts to be present, look outward, and build connections as I go to church. On the morning when Al Shirk marveled at little Noah Schrock's uplifted hands during a hymn, Noah's soapy bubbles, blown moments earlier, were still winking at me under the pew. How often the sanctuary ceiling fans have called to mind Margaret High's imaginary walks across her childhood bedroom ceiling. And what was I supposed to have remembered from that children's story? Roland Yoder's flowers are singing again this morning. Mid-service, one of our elders slumps out of consciousness. There are hymns for this. We sing them. A teacher's heart is heavy on account of a student. Penn Miller, Ann Roth, Matt By, Jonathan Stanley, Beth Yoder, Marlon Groff. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bagpipes in church? In church! 
We stand to sing, and I glimpse the bulletin of one of the grade school boys in the pew ahead of us, maybe Colin Brooks. Next to each item in the order of service, he has carefully inscribed an empty square. The squares beside the already completed items contain check marks. I am in good company here. As we sit, the now-sung hymn is satisfyingly checked off. Preschooler John H. Scott was a connoisseur of preludes. On his father's knee, just feet away from the morning's musician, he would sit, watchful, reverent. Again, Margaret High with the children. This time, clustering around a little video of water birds. As the hen gathers her chicks under her wings, I catch a peripheral glimpse across the sanctuary of Sue Waterfield, arm encircling the shoulder of Mia Cunningham. Marlisa Uter Bontrager is bending over a patch of wet carpet as I pass by the kitchen. Around the corner, Mim Cruz is sopping up splashes around the bathroom sink. A few steps up in the lobby, Rose Stewart is lamenting the puddles on the tile floor and calling for a mop. It is January 2019. We are leaking. This spring, in our Poetry as Prayer Sunday School class, Sharon Crable has asked us to notice what shimmers in this poem and what grates. I find this a helpful approach to life in general, and church in particular. Walking home on a Sunday morning, it's not unusual for me to realize that some slight but significant shift has occurred. Perhaps a weight has eased, or something muddled has become clearer, or I have a better sense of how to make peace with something, or how not to. This, I think this has something to do with shimmers. And for me, shimmers at church have something to do with the mingling of generations around the shared practices of our faith. So I come to church. Still, the case against church is pretty compelling. The morning after our recent service, lamenting the loss of Pastor Samantha and all that has surrounded it, I woke up with this Simon and Garfunkel song in my head. In the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade. And he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame. I am leaving. I am leaving. But the fighter still remains. Mm-hmm. 
He carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out. Sometimes there are good reasons to leave church. I don't equate this with leaving one's faith or abandoning God, unless that is what is intended. Sometimes leaving is an act of faith preservation, one that years later may lead someone, lead to someone standing before a congregation and sharing in a multi-voice sermon why she goes to church. And if it doesn't, yes, there is loss. But as for its finality, I side with our hymnal on the assurance that on the breath of God, nothing is lost forever. I'm clumsy at life. To be of any earthly good, I rely on shimmers, a good many of which I find here at church. And two, I need help along the way to both heed and heal from the grating. Lila, lie, lila, lie, lie, lila, lie, lila, lie.